fans. It is Saturday. It's a PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what's going on? How was your Thanksgiving, sir? Well, it was very untraditional, shall we say, because we um, we don't have a functioning kitchen right now. Oh, so, yes. So uh, we couldn't do the traditional turkey or any of that. So the best we could do was use the grill. So we actually ended up doing uh, filet mignon with uh, a side of asparagus and corn. So it ended up being pretty good. Ah, that's pretty cool. So who was it? Just uh, you and your family, or? Yeah, it, it was just it was just me, my brother, and my parents. Um, because a lot of my extended family lives like way out of state, whether it be. Uh, New Hampshire, South Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. they're just all over the place. Right on. Yeah, so, uh, today we, uh, have a birthday in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yes! So, that... yeah, um, fans, we might have a disruption in the show, but we will pick up, uh, if I have to leave, we will pick up uh, where we left off when I get back. Yeah, see, ladies and gentlemen, he has to sing happy birthday to his little brothers. Yes, they are little. They're 41. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they, they are kind of way younger than you, than you then. <laughs> yep. Alright, so this is a much shorter show since we don't have Monday Night Raw. So thank God. So tonight we have <laughs> tonight we have Dynamite, SmackDown, Rampage, Time Warp. We're gonna be taking a look. We're gonna be going to Memphis, and we also have two uh, Japan shows from '91, and then we have, of course, Wrestling Roulette to close out the show. Yeah, I have to redeem myself. All right, so Ben, we say we get into this. Absolutely, into, uh, sir. AEW Dynamite. Now, alright, <laughs> this show. Now, I have to say, um, because on when I'm watching it, I tap my screen and I can see like the duration of the show on the right. bottom. Right. Was it just me or was this a long uh, opening segment? Because I'll tell you what. <sighs> The MGF CM Punk promo, you're gonna be surprised, but that was my highlight, my high point. Well, I, yeah, I'm actually proud of you for admitting that because I thought, um, I thought MJF did an absolutely fantastic job with that. I just uh, hate that they uh, keep referencing WWE. Well. I think the reason why they do that, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but I have a theory. Um, I think because a lot of these wrestlers have so much more history with WWE than they do with AEW, um, it's kind of hard not to bring up their AEW pa- or their WWE past. But I, I didn't mind it uh, with this segment because they were talking to each other because. CM Punk wasn't WWE, so but yeah. like I hate when they're like just cutting a general promo like that, and they have to like bring up WWE, like yeah, uh, yeah. like I mean, I get it. or whatever. 
Yeah. Oh, well, when he does it, it just kind of yeah. comes off like sour grapes. That, that, no, that's what I mean. Like, I hate when they do that with referencing the, the other company. Yeah. All right, so that, that's actually, uh, that's my, uh, one of my high points. Um, you know what I really liked? Uh, I didn't think it was too bad was the Thunder Rosa Jimmy Hater match. Yeah, I wanna I wanna go back and uh, take a look at that because I actually um, the only part of uh, Dynamite that I saw was the opening segment because I got distracted with something. Okay, okay. Uh, so you saw sorry, sorry, cut you off, but um, yeah. Let me ask, how long did you look at the time? Because how long did it last? Because I was looking at uh, the time and. It had forty-one minutes because it seemed like that went that went long that promo. Uh, no, no, the promo itself was like twenty minutes. Then it must have been the commercials that they added that made it seem longer after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it must be the commercials uh, before Dynamite started and after the after uh, they went to break uh, following that segment. Okay. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, this was a good, I thought it was a good match, um, and, uh, Brian Danielson, Cole Cabana wasn't, uh, bad. Yeah, that seems like a, seems like a random combination. Yeah, well, uh, well, he did say he wants to destroy, uh, all the members of the Dark Order, right? Well, yeah, because... And, uh, actually, they do have history because, uh, both being in ROH... Right. Oh, did they ever uh, have a match in ROH? To be honest with you, I'm not sure. Uh, I should know that, but um, it, it wasn't until ROH became headquartered 20 minutes away from my house that I really um, started, you know, paying in-depth attention. Now you said you have to go with so... Now you said you have to go back and watch this. So you only saw the opening segment, or you watched? Yeah, I only saw the opening segment, and I got distracted with something, and I just forgot to go back and and take a look at it. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. So I'll give you my little point because I actually watched this show this morning, which didn't give me a lot of time considering that at eleven a.m. I was doing the other show. <laughs> Yeah. So I just, uh, I saw, I watched this at like 9 o'clock, and um, so my one of my low points, Bear Country and the Gun Club. I, I just, I don't get it. Let me, uh, tell you, uh, let, me, let me tell you something. This is so bad. Okay, um, Bear Boulder, okay, picks Billy Gun up, right? He looks like he's going to go Ultimate Warrior Gorilla Press him, right? Yeah. So he drops Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn uh, just stands up for one second, and then he forgot that he had to roll out of the ring. So he fell back down and rolled out of the ring. Oh God! He it was terrible the way he the way he sold it. it was, like if I if I pick you up, right? I yeah. pick you up. I'm gonna gorilla press you. Then I drop you on your face. And then you just stand up for like a second, and then you forget that oh, you had to roll out of the ring. That's what Billy Gunn did. Or he he might have just got confused and did a Ric Flair spot. It was, but it was just bad. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Gun Club, and I don't get this heel uh, gun 
this heel Billy Gunn that came out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, it, it's really, it's really, it's really random what they started with doing with the Gun Club and Darby Allen. I'm sorry, what did he do with Darby Allen? Like, how do you mean? Um, because on, um, I think it was either Rampage or, or like last week's, um, Dynamite, one of the two. Are you talking but, about where, uh, uh, they, the Gun Club and uh, Darby Allen and Sting? Y- yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but then, uh, but then, like, when, uh, when Darby came out to interrupt, um, the match that Billy Gunn was having, um, you know, he, he just speared one, like, just completely annihilated one of his kids. And then, and then ran back up the, the ramp. I, so that was kind of weird. Oh, you know what? Um, so, uh, Sting came out, actually, on, uh, Dynamite. And then, yeah, um, one of the Gun Club, uh, members, I don't know if it was Billy or one of the kids. Yeah. No, uh, but, Went up but, and down, and, like, out of nowhere, uh, Darby Allen just out of the, one of the tunnel on the left side, just, like, boom, ran out and speared him. Yeah. <laughs> like, what and was that? It, it was just really random. So that was uh, my low point. Another low point is, was Team Taz trying to sign Dante Martin. This was bad. Yeah, I don't. Because I don't. what the hell? Then Dante Martin just signed. So the old Rush is standing there looking like looking stupid. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So but, like Dante Martin, Parasol uh, looks like Dante Martin is Team Taz. No, no, I, I don't like that. I much prefer him with Leo Rush. So yeah, um, so this uh, this episode of Dynamite, I went with a C plus on this one. Because yeah. it, uh, the only real thing that really stood out was that MJF CM Punk promo and um, oh, Thunder Rosa Jimmy Hater. The rest of it. So it takes well, care. Sorry. Well, speaking of irrelevant. Friday Night Smackdown, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, that takes care of uh, Dynamite. Go on, Smackdown. Oh, my Lord. You know, if it wasn't for for Roman Reigns, this entire episode would have been completely missable. Oh, my God. Like, I really don't understand what they're doing, like, at all. Now, okay, now let me tell you something. You said you didn't watch Dynamite. I didn't really watch SmackDown. Like, I recorded it, but I didn't really get to see it because it was all last minute and uh, last night. And I didn't want to, like, waste time watching it this morning because I, I had, like, two shows to watch before 11 a.m. Well, let me, let me, let me, ask, you, let me ask you something. Sorry. You, you consider me a close friend, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, first off, thank you. But, uh, g- but given given that the status of our relationship, trust me with this one. Don't watch SmackDown because it sucks. Oh, I mean, I just watched the, the Roman Reigns one, and uh, the rest I just looked on Bleacher. Because you know, if it was the only high point for the entire episode of Raw was um. Raw. Or, or, or SmackDown, I'm sorry. 
uh, was the Roman Reigns promo with uh, Paul Heyman talking shit to Caleb Braxton. Ben? Yeah. Okay, after you do your report, I want I want you to give your rating, your letter rating for SmackDown, and I can tell you what I'm looking at right now, okay? Okay. And, so, right, go ahead. So the rest of it completely sucks. We get Heavy Corbin and Madcap Moss versus Drew McIntyre and Jeff Hardy. No. Why? <laughs> I don't understand. No. Okay, right? And then here's another low. Here's here's a low point for for me. Cesaro versus Ridge Holland. Okay, and uh, why? Now they just put Sheamus with Ridge Holland with the explanation that they're they're old friends from back in Ireland, and uh, Sheamus has decided to take Ridge Holland under his wing. Is so that the story? Is, is that the story? Because that's stupid. Because Ridge Holland has something to do with Seamus. Seamus is from Ireland. Ridge Holland is from England. What? Well, well, I know, but don't tell WWE that because they're they're trying to make us believe that that Ridge Holland and uh, Seamus have something to do with each other. But yeah, well, that's stupid. Um, but it's just. <laughs> Just like you just so eloquently pointed out, they really don't because one is British and the other one is Irish. Yeah, we're not but stupid. WWE treats us like we have the the IQ of a of an absolute P. Um, oh, okay, so, so yeah, why so why was this your little point? Because if you're gonna put um, Ridge Holland in the ring with Cesaro. Wouldn't you at least want to give him a solid showing? And plus, it was his first match on SmackDown, I believe. Like, like if you're gonna have somebody debut, wouldn't you want to put them in a match where they have a chance of winning? Or and, have and, them win? And on top of on top of all of that, um, you know, this really wasn't a good showing for. Um, for Ridge Allen at all. And, and my third problem is Cesaro is in this match one of the best wrestlers in the fucking universe. Pardon the pun. And you have this match go for less than three minutes. That is all Cesaro's worth to you. Oh, how long does how long this go? Do you have the time? Yeah. Uh oh. Two, two minutes and 48 seconds after Holland gets rolled up. Okay, so just stop. Like, I'm supposed to take this shit seriously? And then, and then, and then, pardon me for piling on the low points, but then we have Rick Boogs versus Angel, formerly known as Angel Garza. You know what? They really need to uh, split up Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura's not doing anything. When was the last time he defended the Intercontinental Championship? I'm so glad you asked me that question because the Intercontinental Championship should be a focus. A focal point on your fucking show, you fucking morons. I mean... I mean 
and to Elio's point, it's done absolutely nothing. Yeah. I, I, I just don't understand what they're doing here. So then after after that, we have Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Nobody gives a fuck, so I'm not even going to review that match. And then... This is and this is like my ultimate low point because I hate this. Okay? We have the battle royal to determine the number one contender for Roman Reigns' Universal Championship. Now, keep in mind that there are a few there are a few important things to set this up. Okay. Keep in mind that WWE does not have a, a December pay-per-view on the main roster. They don't. NXT does. Right. Right. So, so... Which I'm looking forward to, I gotta say. Go on. Well, you know, I can't really speak to that because I haven't watched anything. So, I, I don't know. But anyway... So, so, so pretty much Raw and SmackDown are pretty much in the middle of lame duck season where nothing, where nothing they do ever matters. Because, you know, in, in late November and December, they just go into fucking autopilot. So we have a Black Friday Battle Royal, for, as I said, to, to determine the number one contender for the Universal title. And the winner of that match, and hear me out on this one for my explanation. The winner of this situation is Sami Zayn. Which means Sami Zayn will be taking on um, Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at the day one pay-per-view. So, so, so Sami Zayn's a face now? <laughs> what? I, well, I don't think so. No, but, anyway, but that's when, that's when the, because you can't make Roman Reigns a face in that match. Well, I, well, to be honest with you, I don't think they were going for a face heel. I don't know what they were going for here, but but here's here's the issue. Because can I, can I can I just interject something here about WWE? I just have to tell them one thing. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm. Oh, you just. You made the entire podcast with that. I really appreciate that. Um, but you know, here's the thing. Um, Sami Zayn winning really makes no sense whatsoever. And, you know, I, I, I saw both sides of the argument via Twitter on Friday night after, after this occurred. You know, the one side of it was, this makes no sense. And the other side of it, well, Sami Zayn is a, is a main event caliber player, so nobody should really be complaining that he has a chance for the universal title. Now... Do I agree that Sami Zayn is world championship caliber wrestler? Absolutely. Uh, please don't misunderstand me. I think uh, Sami Zayn is one of the best 
talents that WWE has. But here's why I say it doesn't make any sense for um, for Zayn to be given a world title match at this point. Because he hasn't done anything of, of consequence for the longest time. That's the first thing. Number two... Has he been booked like a world title contender? The answer is hell no, he has not. No. So it just comes off as if W as if WWE management is desperate to find another guy to line up for Roman Reigns' uh, domination. Um, you know, which which doesn't do Sami Zayn any favors because as good as we all agree Sami Zayn is, we all know he's not going to stand a chance in hell against Roman Reigns. So really, this whole thing makes no sense. Um, and, and so it's just completely random. And then, and then even if you take... Um, even if you take... Um, this whole thing is at face value, and say and say Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns has the potential to be a good match. Um, they completely put that on the back burner by how they ended SmackDown in the first place, because Sami Zayn didn't even get interviewed by Kayla Braxton. She came in the ring and started to ask the question, and then immediately she got notified in her earpiece. And announced that Brock Lesnar's suspension has been lifted, and he'll be appearing uh, next Friday on SmackDown. The the biggest takeaway from Sami Zayn's big moment is that Roman Reigns is coming to get revenge on, or I'm sorry, that Brock Lesnar is coming to get revenge on Adam Pearce and Roman Reigns. So where does that leave? Um, where does that leave Sami Zayn in this whole thing? And on top of that, if you're bringing Brock Lesnar back, obviously that's to build up um, for the match at the Royal Rumble, which makes the day one um, pay-per-view completely meaningless in the first place. So why is Sami Zayn even getting a shot here? Because it doesn't do him any favors because we all know that all Sami Zayn is, is a miniature little, tiny little, almost insignificant roadblock in order for Roman Reigns to get back to Brock Lesnar. I mean, what, so you, t- you take him from Roman Reigns versus Big E at Survivor Series, and now the best you got for the SmackDown roster to go against uh, Roman Reigns is Sami Zayn? <laughs> Terrible. This, I mean... This... This company. I mean, so it just makes absolutely no sense to me. And, you know, like I said, please don't misunderstand. Sami Zayn is a world-caliber wrestler. It's just, it doesn't make any sense because there's no story behind it. It's just desperation to put another contender in front of Roman Reigns with no storyline to be seen because of it. This would make much more sense if Sami Zayn had been on, like, the run of his career and 
had, had earned his way up through the ranks to get a shot at, uh, at Roman Reigns, but this, it's clearly not the case. So, I don't know. So, yeah, so this show, okay, uh, so what, what do you give this show? I give it a D, I really do. I D, give it a D. A D, wow, okay. I thought it was absolutely atrocious. Okay, let me tell you what I'm looking at right now. 34% gave it a C. <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't I don't know what these people are looking at. I really don't. <laughs> Holy jeez. Uh, no, this was a bad show. I would have gone to C minus D, which is what I gave it. Absolutely. So well, that's because you're you're a smart person just like I am. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so uh, now on to Rampage. Ben, what do you got for us? Um, I confess that I had just finished watching this this episode about a half hour prior to coming on the air with you. Rampage? Yeah. I, okay. I, was, I was a little bit behind on the schedule. Okay. And, um... And I gotta tell you, and I might be in the minority here, but I was very confused by the first match. The it first was match being oh, um, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. Okay. Now, if you've if you've listened to this podcast for a little bit, excuse me. You understand that um, I'm not a real big fan of Orange Cassidy. I just really don't understand the gimmick. And and there was one particular uh, sequence in this match that I absolutely hated. So my right is it my right? Well, I I think you understand where I'm going with this. Um, how, but, how, how annoying is that? Put, he always putting his hands in his pocket. How many hands well, he you know, that? He's trying to put his hands in his pockets as, as he's going hold for a hold against Adam fucking Cole, baby. Stop. What are you one doing? The, one of the best wrestlers in the whole fucking world. That is and, annoying. And all you can focus on is putting your hands in your fucking pockets. <laughs> Looking like, looking like you want to play pocket pool with Adam Cole and not fucking wrestle. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't understand that. So, um, you know, and and first of all, what have Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta done to earn a match with talent the caliber of Adam Cole and Bobby Fish? Can I tell you how much I don't like Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta? No, I don't think I've ever I heard did. that, but please. No, I, just, I, like, there's something about him that's off. Like, he just, like, he doesn't, uh, like, I don't understand how he fits in with this, uh, with this, uh, best friends group, you know? Like, uh, to me, it sounds like he just, like, he just came out of nowhere. Like, they brought him in from, I guess he was in Japan? New Japan? Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, I don't, I don't get it, though. I don't see with this guy. Yeah, I don't either. 
Oh, my Lord. And according to the review that I'm looking at, this got three out of five stars. I don't think so. What, this match? Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. And then um, we've seen Tony Nese uh, in the crowd over the last several weeks. Um, I I don't know if this is his official uh, debut on... Um, as, as far as something on uh, Dynamite outside of the crowd. But he's backstage for an interview with Tony Schiavone, and he's challenging Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship next week. Um, he okay. shakes, he goes to shake Sammy's hand, but, but attacks him um, when uh, Sammy is not looking. And uh, hits him with uh, hits him with a big punch to knock him laid out. Um, and then we have uh, match number two out of that. And see, this is what really confuses me. So we have Britt Baker versus Riho, and um, Riho was the victim of a mistake. Um, over over this past week because a few times she had been announced as being eliminated from the TNT Championship Tournament mm-hmm. and she was never eliminated. So in order to fix that problem, it was made into a storyline and now Riho goes one-on-one with Britt Baker, BMD. And I don't know about you, Elio, but when I see Britt Baker versus Riho on a card, I'm thinking Britt Baker is going to get the win relatively easily. No disrespect to Riho. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's as I've said any other time you've discussed Riho, I'm not saying she's not talented, but... But Riho makes me look like a large individual. <laughs> and lady, ladies and gentlemen, I'm 5'9", 140 pounds, I think, because I haven't been weighed in a long time. But I'm, I'm like 140, 150, somewhere in there. Spike Dudley size. And, and I, um, I dwarf Riho. Uh, uh, you know, I'm like a jacked up Spike Dudley to give you the 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 full picture, and 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 Riho looks like a midget next to me, and because of that, or I can't say midget, I should say little person. I'm not trying to be an asshole here, um, but my point being, every time Riho steps in a ring, and she takes an offensive move, I feel like she's going to be broken in half. But no, she beats Britt Baker via a roll-up. I hate that finishing, that finish. I I cannot stand this. It was a cradle roll-up for the victory. After Baker tried to hit a fisherman's carry neckbreaker. So you, you mean to tell me that after being pushed 
for months and months and months as the top female talent in AEW. Riho is going to defeat that individual, being Britt Baker, after Riho hasn't appeared on the program in months prior to being placed into the TBS Championship Tournament. Um, what sense does that make? Can you help me out here? What What's the logic outside of the mistakes that I just outlined that you think would make it okay for Riho to defeat Britt Baker? That is weird, though. Because every time I see Riho, I'm afraid that someone's gonna, she's going to like get broken in half how small she how tiny she is. Well, then, then you're right along the... the brain waves that I'm on because holy shit. Okay, and then we have I really don't like this. I don't understand why they have Mark Henry doing the interviews prior to the main event. Yeah, his interviews are bad. It's always the same thing. That's enough talk. It's time for the main event. Thank no, you. No, no. Just thank, thank you, you wannabe Bruce Buffer. I appreciate that. Um, but, but so the, the actual match confuses me. So Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia were conducting an interview with Mark Henry prior to their match. And and someone needs to explain to me why Daniel Garcia is getting all these high-profile matches on television. I mean no disrespect, but can someone explain to me why it seems that AEW has a lot of stock in this guy? I mean, I don't see any anything particularly. I mean, I don't. I don't want to say that because, I, like, I don't want to seem disrespectful toward Daniel Garcia. I really don't mean it that way, but I, I don't understand. You know, he's he's been in the ring with CM Punk. Now he's in the ring with Eddie Kingston, and I just I don't understand it. And, and he's in the main event spot with Eddie Kingston. And, yeah, of course, of course, Garcia's not going to win. We all know that. I, and I'm not saying the match wasn't solid because anything that Eddie Kingston do- touches turns to gold. You know, but I'm, I'm, I'm mystified by why... Daniel Garcia is in the position that he's in because he seems like a developmental talent. Any thoughts on that, Elio? I don't know. I like. I don't get it. Why? Why this guy is getting all these like big matches? I I think uh, he, I'm, I I want to say that it's more because he's paired with 2.0. We're already uh, in NXT. Um, I I don't under I I don't understand it, but 
Your guess is as good as mine. That's so. That's the best I can come up with. That he must be. It must be two point because they were in NXT. So. Uh, well, like I said, your guess is as good as mine. Um, but um. But what's um? I think that ends our reviews for the. Okay. For the what, show. Are you, what are you giving it? I'm going to give Rampage a 6 out of 10. No, no, no. Letters. Oh. She had to grade it. I'm going to say C minus. Okay. What would you give it? I know. I, I, would, I would go with the C minus, which is what I gave it. But, um, hmm. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I don't know. 47% gave it a B. Oh, fuck right off. <laughs> fuck right off. Where, where are you getting this information I'm from? Bleacher, I'm Bleacher. Well, um, sorry Bleacher Report, but you're making yourself look stupid. Oh, man. Alright, so that's it for the shows for the this week, so now we're going to move on to Time Warp. Absolutely. Alright, I I think we're going to get the Japan shows out of the way first, and then we're going to move on to the Memphis show. Okay. So our first show takes us to... Uh, let me see. Our first show takes us to April the 1st, 1991... And this one was called Wrestle Dream. So the opening match is Kenichi Oya defeating Masao Orihara. You're doing a wonderful job pronouncing these names. I would butchered those already. <laughs> Samson Fuyuki defeated Tatsumi Kirihara. Uh, Yoshiaki Fujiwara defeated Fumihiro Nakura. I'm sure you recognize the lad, the lad last name, Fujiwara. Oh. The Fujiwara armbar. Oh, yeah. Then we have Masakatsu Funaki defeating Naoki Sano. The team of Great Kabuki and Takashi Ishikawa defeated Kendo Nagasaki and Ishinriki. Now... Okay, this next match, it had Earthquake defeating Koji Kiteo by disqualification. That's surprising. And now, have you heard the name Koji Kiteo? Yeah. Okay, now this guy lost by disqualification because he he legitimately kicked the referee down hard because he was angry that he had to lose to Earthquake. So well, he, he, he legit kicked the referee. <laughs> well, I don't blame him. You know, that's supposed to be his territory, Japan. And here comes this big, uh, you know, well, yeah. se- se- semi-large, you know, American name, I, I guess. So I guess he felt that he was encroaching on his territory. So then we had George Takano defeating Bret Hart. Oh, boo! Uh, I can only imagine that was because this was a Japan show. Yeah. 
And we had Janique Rotenru defeating Randy Savage. Oh my god. Uh, it just hurts the heart. Yeah, in the main event, it was Hulk Hogan defeating Yoshiaki Yatsu. Oh, of, of course Hulk Hogan's gonna get the win. Right? Like, because he can't lose a match, can he? So... Well, Hulk Hogan losing would be like Roman Reigns losing today, given what his gimmick is. So that takes care of the of uh, that card. Now we're going to move on to December 12th, Super Wrestle from the Tokyo Dome. On December 12th, 1991. Super Wrestle. Super Wrestle. That's some of these names. Uh, like, I don't know. No, if, like, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of no, them. No, I'm not. I didn't even know they had names. Because uh, when I was looking at them, they're, they're all like basic uh, regular live events. Yeah. So in the opening match, we had six-man tag match, Goro Surumi, Apollo Sugawara, and Fumihiro Nakura defeating Kenichi Oya, Don Arakawa, and Akira Katayama. In the second match, we had Minoru Suzuki defeating Wellington Wilkins. Well, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Minoru Suzuki defeating Wellington Wilkins. Well, um, we, well, we know Minoru Suzuki nowadays because, you know, he's recently been on AEW. Yep, yes, and he's also been in Impact Wrestling. Exactly. Um, well, at least he didn't lose to Mr. Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> That's some name, Wellington Wilkins. <laughs> good, good Lord. <laughs> Then we had the great Kabuki, Takashi Ishikawa, and Samson Fuyuki defeating Kendo Nagasaki, Shinichi Nakano, and Tsumi Kitahara. Then we had Masakatsu Funaki defeating Cherry Flynn, Yoshihiro Asai, oh, or... Oh, I, I, I like Cherry Lynn. I always thought he was no, underrated. Cher- Cherry Flynn. Oh, Jerry Flynn. Okay, well then, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> we had Yoshihiro Asai or Ultimo Dragon defeating Jerry Estrada. Then we had Ashura Hara and British Bulldog defeating Haku and Yoshiaki Yatsu. The Takano brothers defeated the Rockers. Ted, Ted DiBiase defeated the Texas Tornado. A.K.A. Carrie Von Eric. Uh, super, super World Sports Junior Heavyweight Champion Naoki Sano defeated Rick Martel. Yoshiaki Fujiwara defeated Ishin Riki. Uh, WBF Tag Team Champions The Road Warriors defeated The Natural Disasters. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan defeated Jenny Kuro Tenru. Oh. Well, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I am completely blind when it comes to these, um, you know, New Japan uh, card, so am I. cards. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's like, you know, sometimes when I hear that someone beat, like, uh... All right, so Ben, you were saying about these shows? Yes, before I was so rudely interrupted. 
Um, so, so I'm really surprised by some of the results because I confess, as I said um, before we were interrupted, um, I'm not as familiar with New Japan Pro Wrestling as I would like to be. So when I hear about some of these old cards and, and some of the results, I'm a little bit thrown off because, like, I wouldn't expect a, a Bret Hart or a um, or an earthquake to mm-hmm. one be there, yeah. Or in Bret Hart's case, well, lose remember, the match. Well, remember, uh, WWF had a working relationship with Super World Sports at this time, which was a Japan based, so it wasn't even New Japan, it was SWF Super World Sports. Oh, well, that, that, would, that would make sense, but but. Being that I'm a much younger uh, fan in this case, you know, I'm 33. So th- this stuff is, is completely out of left field for me. So I, I didn't even know these uh, car events uh, took place. I was, I was like in high school at that, that time. Oh, God, I think I'm still in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we're going to throw another Japan card out there. Why not? Because there's like a whole lot. And I want to get to the fun stuff being the UWF. Cool. So let's, uh, you know, let's uh, uh, finish off 91 because there are, hold on, there are two, two more from 91. Then we have 92. And then we have one from 1990. That we should, we'll save that for next week. <clears throat> so, well, we're going to go over to Jotsu, Japan for the April 23rd, 1991 card. And this one had five matches, so a much shorter card. So, to open, we had Mas- Masaharu Funaki defeating Fumihiro Nakura. Then we had Fuyuki and Ishikawa defeating Nakano and Kabuki. Shunji Nakano defeated Kano Nagasaki by disqualification. Then we had the team of Tito Santana and Aoki Sano defeating Rochester Roadblock and Tatsumi Kitahara. And in the main event... Wait a minute, Rochester Roadblock? Rochester Roadblock. Sorry? Who was that? Do we know who that is? I'm not sure. I can look it up, though. I'm just kind of curious. All right, there's uh, on-the-fly research here. Let us take a look at who Rochester Roadblock was because now I'm curious as well. So uh, let's get rid of the day one stuff for right now. Okay, so Rochester Roadblock. Okay, he was... uh, Basically, just going by the name Roadblock, he is best known for appearances in World Championship Wrestling in the 1990s. Funny, I, I don't I don't remember him, and I was yeah, all... He, was, he competed from 1996 to 1998 for WCW. Uh, really, I was all over WCW in that time frame. I don't even recall. Weird. You know why? Because he was an enhancement talent. He competed as a preliminary wrestler. 
Oh, well, that might explain it. Yeah. All right, so that's what we have on Rochester Roadblock. And then we had the main event, Shinichiro Tenru and George Takano defeating Demolition. Which Demolition should not be losing to anyone with the uh, Yeah, yeah, that one makes me, that one makes me very angry. I don't care if it's Axe or Smash, Axe or Crush, Smash or Crush, or Axe, Smash, and Crush, Demolition should not be losing. I 100% agree with you. So that is uh, the April, that is the April 23, 1991 show from Kyoto, Japan. Ben, now we're going to move on to Memphis. We're going to switch gears and move on to Memphis to end this week's time warp. Oh, very good. So let us take a look at what we have in Memphis. I believe we have a Battle Royal this week. Oh, interesting. Yeah. When I saw which one we were going to take a look at, uh, I was like, okay, this sounds like it could be fun. So let's see. Time Warp. Wait. All right, so we are going back to Memphis Wrestling, February 13th, 1988. Ben, we start to show off with a battle royal, with the winner getting a championship match. Okay. So in this battle royal, we had Manny Fernandez, Gary Young, Alan Reynolds, Zebra Warriors 1 and 2. Oh, God. Jeff Jarrett, Ken Wayne, Jimmy Jack Funk, Ricky Nelson, Max Payne, William Thompson, Ron Nation, Rodney Knapper, and Bill Dundee. Now, Ben, who do you think won this battle royal? Out of the names I just uh, went through. Uh, Tough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, Fernandez. No, Jeff Jarrett won this battle royal. Oh, boo! <laughs> not, not that I have an issue with Jeff Jarrett, but come on now. So that brings us to our second match: with Max Payne defeating Freezer Thompson. Huh? <laughs> Freezer Thompson. Good lord. Okay, another dose of on-the-fly research. Ah, you want me to look up Freezer Thompson? No, 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 no. Keep going. I'm going to look up Freezer Thompson. Oh, okay. All right, and in the main event, we have said championship match. For the CWA championship, Jerry Lawler defeats Jeff Jarrett. So why would... Oh, so it was for it was it was for a championship shot later that night. Okay. Yes, that's why they had a battle royal with the winner getting a championship match later that night. I should have brought that up. I I kind of don't like it when they do that. And then uh, we end uh, this week's episode of Memphis with uh, a recap of the Bill Dundee Lawler Jared feud, 
But Lollardshire Street was built on the uh, getting involved since there was a bounty out on Lollard's head. That, that was the entire storyline here, was that they wanted Lollard so bad that they put a bounty on him. Yeah, and how long did that bounty go? Because I remember several shows back we were talking about the bounty. Well, because uh, several shows back, we were going all over the place because these weren't in order. But uh, I believe it went on for for a while. The, like everyone wanted a piece of Lawler, Austin Idol, Bill Dundee, Kurt Hennig. Yeah. So next week, uh, so that uh, concludes Time Warp. Next week we have one more uh, show from Japan from 1991. We're going to take a look at the January 6th show from 92 in Nagoya. And we're going to go back to 1990 and the U.S.-Japan Wrestling Summit at the Tokyo Dome. Oh, that'll be interesting. That sounds like a bigger show, so that'll be interesting. And we are going to go back to Memphis Wrestling for February 20th, 1988. All these shows before I was born. Goddamn, way to make me feel young, Elio. <laughs> ah, don't worry, sir. I, we have another show from June 7th, 91 coming up. Oh, my third birthday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to close out the show, we're going to move on to Wrestling Roulette, and I just play 21 themes, and my co-host has to guess who it belongs to. Ben, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, here's your first one. Let me just uh, make sure that uh, Rolling Miz is all the way up here. All right, here's your first theme. Is that, um... Is that Legacy's theme? Nope. Hmm. Sounded like it. Um. I'll give yeah. you a clue. This guy was part of Legacy. Uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Ted DiBiase Jr. Alright, next up. No, that's uh, WrestleMania 21 theme. Alright. RVD. RVD. 2 and O. Um. Play it one more time. Wait, wait, no, tell me what. God. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab myself. Oh, Lord. Because, uh, because I have a feeling that when, I, when I hear who it is, I'm just gonna. Like, uh, but um, was was that uh, Victoria? No. Oh God. Who was it? Paige. Oh Jesus. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, that's physically painful. <laughs> Two and one. Oh, fuck me, senseless. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you ready? Yeah. Nah, no, that's an ECW. Alright. You don't want ECW, do you? No. Evan Bourne? Evan Bourne. I have no idea. That is the Natural Nightmares, AEW. AEW scenes are really bad. They are, aren't they? And... Is it just me or do they all sound the same? Yeah, they, they really do. Oh my, I thought it was just me. I'm like, what, this, then what do I do so bad when it comes to AEW themes? So you're three and two. Sounds like an 80s rock concert. Um, <laughs> the fuck? Uh, I, oh god, I'm I'm, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna end up gouging my own eyes out. Uh, no, I I have no idea. That is Billy Gunn. Oh, you gotta be shit. Do you remember? Me. <laughs> you remember when he was calling himself the one Billy Gunn? No. Oh, I, I don't. Are you serious? Like when he was like. Totally separate from like the DX and Yusha Laws, he was home himself the one Billy Gunn he was paired up with China. I mean I remember his pairing with China, but I don't remember him yeah. calling himself that. But uh, that that was uh, when he was home himself the one Billy Gunn. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so three and three. Three and two. What do you mean three and two? I think I'm through. No, you're three and two, because, uh, yeah, I'm keeping track here for you. Okay. So, three and three. Here we go. What the hell? Um, apparently we're going swing dancing this evening. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to be swinging from the gallows because I have no idea. That is a smoking guns. Yeah, no way in the world I would have got that. Good omen for the evening, Elio. Uh, I, 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 I don't know who that is either. That is Wade Barrett. I just don't care anymore. What? When the fuck do we have that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> 
I'm gonna. Uh, uh, it sounds familiar. Um, which is more, which is more than I can say for the other ones. Um, oh shit. Uh, um, Crash Holly, maybe. Oh, you're along the same lines. Uh, there is a Holly in here. Okay, hardcore Holly. No. Is that your final answer? Uh, it, it couldn't be Molly Holly, though. I, it it uh, is. Uh, okay, alright. You know what? I'll give that to you. Four and five. Okay, very good. What is this? A hung? <laughs> I don't know. Right? What's going on? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I have no idea. This is a road dog, Jesse James. Remember when Ooh, he was? Yo, yo, man, you're killing me. What the fuck did he have that shit? Okay, do you remember when uh, Jeff Jarrett said he w- he was? Taking credit for singing with my baby tonight, but it was really the road dog. Uh, 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 I, I can just cry. <laughs> okay, six and four. Uh, come on, man, come back. No, no, that's CCW. Diesel. Diesel. Six and five. Or five and six, in my case. I mean, five and, yeah, five and six. Here we go. All right. Sid Vicious. Psycho Sid. Yeah, I, like, I, I don't get it. Like, if, if people say, if, uh, if uh, you were to say Sid Vicious, it would be wrong. No, it, and then we know, you can't, it's wrong. It's Psycho Sid. It's the same person. Yeah. So you are now six and six. I'm just uh, opening a document here so I can keep it score. Okay. All right, here's the next one. Oh, guys? I have no idea the heart goes pitter pat because it is indeed Vader time for Big Man Vader. Yes, it is. So you are now seven and six. So Ben, you're coming back. All right, here we go. Next one. Huh. Hmm. No guess. 
Um, hold, hold on, hold your horses. No, that's why, that's why I was asking, because I thought I heard you say, mm -mm. Um... I'm gonna go with Steve Blackman. No, Steve Blackman. No, not Steve Blackman. Who was it? Ryback. And Ben's as and Ben's reply. Oh, fuck off. Okay, we're not gonna count that one because <laughs> I, I I hate Ryback, so we're not gonna do that one. All right. <laughs> yeah, I hate Ryback. No, I don't think anyone likes Ryback. Alright, the next one. You smell what the rock is cooking? Want to guess? <laughs> the man that probably has the most teams in pro wrestling history of the rock. And you know, is it all the same? It's either do you smell what the rock is cooking or if you smell what the rock is cooking. Yeah. They all sound the same. Okay, next. Here we go. Yo la llevo primero, primo. Primo clone. Primo clone. You are up nine to six. Alright. Yeah. Maria Canellis. Maria Canellis, you are 10 to 6. Alright, here we go. I don't know if we should count that one. Uh, no, probably no, not. No. Bro, you're really thirsting for attention tonight. Rock. <laughs> so that is eleven to six. All right. Uh, up next. Do it now. Do it now. What? I don't know what. <laughs> We've had that on the show before. It's a WCW theme. Oh. Uh, me with a fish fart. I have Jeez, no what's wrong with you? With a fish fart? What the hell? I have no idea. That is Sean Stasiak. Oh, God. Alright, 11 and 7. Alright, here we go. Oh, God, I don't know. Okay, you know what? This one, I don't think I can count it because it doesn't even tell me who it is. 
Okay, so still 11 and 7. Move on. So, you think you're untouchable? Yes, Elio, I would agree with you. The PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast is untouchable. John Cena. As John Cena. All right, I believe we have three more. Yeah. All right, next up. Nope, that's the velocity theme. I'm back in a winning category with this fucking game. Christian. You know what? I actually like that theme. Yeah, if, you, if, you listen to, if you listen to it, the whole theme, it's actually not bad. I agree. Especially with La Victoria en Mia. Do you know what that translates into? No. The victory is mine. Aha! Uh-huh. Alright, that's true. We have 13 and 7. So I believe we have one more. Well, I don't know if we should be getting that personal on the PSU Progression Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Good Lord, those are some graphic uh, lyrics. Um... Candice Michelle. Candice Michelle. Wow. All right. So 14 and 7, Ben. So I did come storming back, didn't I? No, that was uh, that was. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, so we see bring the show to a close. Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elio. He's Ben. This has been the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. We will talk to you all next Saturday night. Ben, see you next to the fans. God, people, he can't even sign us out correctly, and yet he wants to find the songs to stop me. So let me take you out properly. Ladies and gentlemen. Fine, you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. And unlike WWE, we produce good audio good audio television. Well, without the vision, because you can't see us. Don't test me. It's late. It's Saturday. I want to go to sleep. So get the fuck off of our airwaves. And with that, we will see you next Saturday, and I promise I'll be in a better mood because Ilya won't be telling me stupid shit. You know what? I talked to you, and I was suffocating. <laughs> Bullshit, <laughs> Colossal, we come these renegades.